0: Everyone. thank you so much for joining us at our little podcast lds real people real lives we have received so much love and support for our podcast especially with the moving messages of cheer and love i want to thank you so much for taking the time to share your love with us and just being so fantastic with us it has meant so much to me and those involved in the podcast Just truly thank you from the bottom of my heart. I wanted to start this episode with clearing the air a bit. Um, This episode is on conversion, part deux. I will be sharing the wonderful conversion story of our good friends, Kim and Linda. But before we get to that, I wanted to just, again, clear the air a little bit and just um, share with you guys that often I get so focused on the message of the episode and just overwhelmed with the experience that I may seem a bit monovision. My whole goal is to share with the world, at least who will take the time to listen, our experiences, our testimony, ourselves, and to do as we have been asked to do by our Savior and prophets, which is to use this wonderful technology to spread truth and light and the beautiful, wonderful news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, as found in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We are members of the church pushing through this very earthly mortal experience to return home with honor best that we can, giving all that we have, and happily so because of the simple beauty and love that we truly have found in this organized church of Jesus Christ. Our goal is to always uplift, edify, to cheer you on from our little corner of the world, to always be very real, very open, to share, to be vulnerable in our hopes that the experiences that we share can inspire you in your set of circumstances to remain faithful and all in, as they like to say, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is so totally worth it. It truly is the good news. And we do have hills and valleys in our discipleship of Christ. And I just want to say, you know, it's, it's really okay. Just never give up and always do the work it takes, please, to keep you on that very straight and very narrow but clear path back home. One of my favorite quotes, and I'm going to paraphrase it, is that we will look back on this life, and say, is that all I must do to be given so much? Right now, we may not feel this way, but that statement certainly opens up our minds to what God and Christ have in store for us if we will give our heart, our souls, and our willingness to them to serve them. They truly have promised eternal life with them. Um, We definitely don't want to miss out on that wonderful, great, supernal gift and the promise of sweet obedience and devotion to them for all good does come from God. Right now in the world that we're living in, we are dealing with terrible, terrible times in this country. The race divide has made itself known in many different ways and the ensuing riots and mobs have come out because let's face it, Lucifer never allows a horrible circumstance to go to waste. He will always look to capitalize on any opportunities he has to wreak havoc in this world, in our lives, and for certain in our families. Please do not allow his influence to change you or to warp your faith. Let's pull together and do as the prophet has encouraged us to do this week, which is to repent of any prejudice towards another group that we may harbor in our hearts. Let's be kind. Let's love one another let's see each other as one big happy family is that a lot to ask maybe but we know that through christ this can be done in your own little sphere of the world start in your home start at work in your neighborhood in your local community when you're on the road when you go grocery shopping just start and do be aware of how you make those around you feel and let's do the lord's work And when we make mistakes, let's quickly repent and just ask the Lord to help us to do better. The greatest commandment of all, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. God and the Savior, Jesus Christ, are not asking for perfection, for that can never be obtained in this life. They are just asking you and me to do and to start and to go from there. To be aware, to be mindful, to be spiritual and faithful. And the Spirit will definitely prompt you. Don't complicate inspiration. Please don't complicate it. Trust that any good thought or inclination comes from God. And take courage just to go and do. Now, let's get to the next great conversion story. Kim and Linda are really good friends of ours. We consider them to be like family. They're a part of our conversion story, and they have a wonderful, exciting story to share. And it's coming up right now. Enjoy.
1: Hello, this is Kim.
0: Hi,
2: and I'm Linda. Shortly after Kim and I got married, uh, we were living in a small town. Him, Kim was a fireman in that town. And uh, he met somebody very, that became very important to us at the fire department.
1: I was working one, one shift and I was upstairs in the dorm and I was sweeping underneath all the beds. And, and uh, our engineer uh, was from a different shift that day and his name was Bob. And uh, Bob was uh, talking to a friend of mine Uh, a fireman, my other, the other fireman on the shift. And, and he was uh, talking to him and I was watching as I was doing some work and, and my friend Tom looked uncomfortable, like he just wanted to get out of there. And, and Bob had a scroll and he was showing him all this stuff on this scroll. And so I thought, "Uh, Tom, you know, what's going on? So as I worked my way over close to where they were, um, I could hear what Bob was saying and he sounded like some religious fanatic. And so, um, so I thought I'd help Tom out. So I went over and and uh, you know, said, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" And and uh, Bob, you know, turned the scroll towards me and said, "I've got this scroll, and it's got all the prophets from the time of Adam." Um, and I said, "Oh, okay." And he said, "Did you know we had a, we have a prophet today?" And that's where the whole thing started. And uh, I looked at Tom and kind of gave him a little wink and. And Tom edged himself over to the side and whoosh, disappeared out the door. And, um, and I thought that I would talk to Bob because I'd had a little experience talking to religious people and, I'd, and I knew kind of how to get out of the whole thing. And so uh, I talked to Bob and told Bob, okay, hold on, hold on. You know, your story sounds great and everything, but I got three questions for you. And if you can answer those three questions, then I'll listen to your spiel. And so he said, okay, what's your three questions? And so I asked him, I said, um, you know, uh, what's God look like, you know? And so um, Bob, you know, answered me, and he, and he said, well, he looks kind of like you. And I said, well, now I know you're crazy, you know? And, um, and Bob said, no, he's got, you know, two eyes and a nose and a mouth and arms and legs. And so uh, he went into that, and, and, uh, and we talked for a little bit. And then I realized that I had always kind of pictured um, God as, as what Michelangelo had painted on the Sistine Chapel. And so I thought, wow, that's really an interesting concept, Bob, you know? And he said, and so I said, well, okay, I got another question. And so I said, you know, if I'm supposed to give up my, uh, uh, my adventurous lifestyle, um, you know, to become a Christian, uh, in your church, uh, you know, why, what's going to be the payoff? I said, what's heaven look like? And I said, because, you know, if it's full of clouds and people with wings and walking around or flying around, you know, doing harp music, I'm not interested. I'd rather be in hell with my friends. And so Bob kind of laughed and he said, well, what would you want heaven to be like? And I thought about it and I said, geez, I, uh, I think that I'd like heaven to be a lot like this earth, really beautiful and clean no pollution, you know, no crooks or murderers or bad people, and and uh, just just good people all over it, and and beautiful pristine beaches and mountains and lakes and streams and deserts and and uh, and he said, well, that's that's kind of what you're talking about with heaven, and so, but he said it's uh, even much more grand and much more beautiful than what you can imagine, and so I was like, wow, that 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 sounds really cool so I thought okay you know so I thought you know what this guy's kind of sucking me in here so I said I got one more question and so I told him I said you know my dad's a really good man um but he'll never join any church and he's you know and so he'll never be baptized in your church so when he dies where does he go so I knew the answer I knew he was going to go oh no if he's not baptized not a member of my church he goes to hell uh, but Bob went into telling me about the three degrees of glory. And he went into telling me about paradise and, um, and spirit prison. And he did the whole nine yards on me. And so um, I realized, you know, that in Bob's church, you know, they really believed that Heavenly Father had covered all the bases, that good people all over even if they hadn't have had a chance to hear about the gospel or about Jesus Christ um, they still had an opportunity you know to advance in the kingdom of heaven and to and to find joy eternally and I thought that was a pretty um, pretty pretty neat um, answer to the question but then um, I think at that time I think I felt the spirit um, testifying to me that what Bob was saying was true and it kind of freaked me out a little bit and I ran for it. And so um, I told him maybe I'd have some more questions next shift. And that's the way it went for a while. And uh, until one evening I invited Linda to come down. Well, I guess, I guess before that we went sailing, huh? So um, we went sailing and I kind of rehearsed to Linda a little bit about what Bob had told me about. And I told her that I would invite her down And so I did. I invited her to come down to the station one night.
2: So my heart really wasn't in it. When we were on the sailing trip, Kim told me a little bit about what Bob had said, and I thought it was interesting. I thought I had never heard things like that before, and it felt right. It felt really um, like there was truth to it but I really wasn't all that interested in listening to Bob and Kim had brought it up several times one night one afternoon he called me and he said um, it was a weekend and he said it's hot Um, the guys want to know if you'll bring some ice cream so I made some homemade ice cream and I brought it down and before I knew it we were sitting on the tailgate of Kim's truck and the um, right outside the apparatus room floor and Uh, Bob started telling me some things about his church, and my heart just wasn't really in it. But then he said some things that I felt I had never heard before either, and it really softened my heart. And I think Bob had been praying that maybe I would feel the Spirit. And at that moment I did, and my interest began to be more for the right reason. Instead of just listening to be polite, I was listening to learn. And um, at that point, I was teachable. Before that, I really wasn't. Um, I just thought it was interesting, but not really open to it. But when my heart opened up, and Bob's um, information began to affect me in a, in a more positive way, because I wanted to learn, um, my heart began to change. And I, uh, I felt that I, wanted, I was ready to go to church. He had invited us. He had invited us to go to church. And so we came up to his town, which...
1: And before that, you know what happened mm-hmm. before that? The Book of Mormon episode.
2: Oh, yeah. He, gave, <laughs> he told us he would bring us the Book of Mormon. That actually came before we went to church. <laughs> but he didn't bring it for a long time. He kept saying, oh, well, I'll bring it next shift. Or, oh, it's raining outside. I don't feel like going out to my car to get it. He just put it off. And the more he put it off, the more I wanted to see the Book of Mormon. And he had told us quite a bit about it at that time. Finally, he did bring the Book of Mormon. And um, Kim brought it home, and from that moment on, I just grabbed onto it. I um,
1: I couldn't get my hands on it, he, is yeah, what was going on. I yeah.
2: didn't want to give it up. Um, I started reading it, and every time I started to read it, I started to feel the truthfulness of it. And that feeling stayed with me off and on, not constantly, but it was there almost every time I picked it up and read from the Book of Mormon. Um, I felt that it was a true truly from Heavenly Father and true scripture.
1: So then we go back to, he invited us to come to church. Yeah. And it it, uh, it wasn't actually at a church. That's, that's what was interesting. It was at the city, um, uh, what do they recreation call it? The recreation Center. Recreation Center, yeah. And mm-hmm. so it was in a big recreation center and there were a bunch of folding chairs set up and we came in and we had been attending um, another church where... Um, it's very quiet and nobody says anything. And if you'd happen to speak to your partner, you know, the priest will stare at you and you feel guilty. And so anyway, it was, um, it was uh, a different experience because when we walked in, um, uh, I remember everybody, you know, turning around and everybody was in there talking and, and, and having a good time and shaking hands and everybody, a lot of people came up to us and said, "Oh, I don't think I know who you are. You know, we're such and such," and they would shake our hands and and uh, they were truly interested uh, in who we were, <clears throat> and it was a very different feeling than um, the very sterile um, experience we'd been having at this other church. It was my mom's church, so um, we really liked that. And so we sat down, and the meeting started, and and <clears throat> uh, one of the speakers was the town sheriff and um, he stood up, he had his uniform on and a badge, and, and it, this was a little town in the mountains um, in Southern California, and, and he, was a, he was a tall man, and he stood up and he started to give his, his talk, and then we heard uh, a, little, a little toddler um, run, run down the middle of the aisle beside us, and daddy, 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 and he ran to the front, and he went up you know, onto, this, onto the stand, and, and we thought, oh my goodness, is he gonna get it, you know? And instead, the sheriff, uh...
2: he just reached down and he picked this little boy up and he stuck him up on his um, shoulders. And he's a big, big man. And this little boy sitting up on his shoulders, playing with his hair and, you know, doing little boy things that a two-year-old might do. And then he put his thumb in his mouth and he put his head down on his dad's head and he just fell asleep up there and it it, was his dad didn't miss a beat he continued with his talk and bore his testimony of the truthfulness of the church and I really felt something I think Kim did too we really could feel the spirit and the truthfulness of the words that he spoke and it was it was accompanied by this really genuinely loving feeling Of the way of watching this man interact with this little boy which we weren't used to that we were familiar with an attitude of children were to only be seen and never heard and uh, in church and um, later after we after church was over um, we went back to Bob's house and his family home with his wife and children and had lunch there and he continued to teach us um, And through the next few months, this was in the summer, the end of the summer, and through the next few months, the missionaries came to our home Um, for quite a number of, of weeks. They were coming and teaching us the gospel. They were very patient with us. We had lots of questions. We didn't seem ready to be committed, although I was changing my life in a lot of ways that I. Didn't expect to, but I was wanting to change my life. I had decided I wasn't going to drink alcohol anymore, so I stopped that. Um, I was at church one week, um, just just very early into the Christmas season. I was sitting there by myself because Kim was working, and I was at the local LDS church close to our home in Monrovia, and. Um, The Spirit whispered to me that I had this strong feeling. I I didn't hear anything, but just a strong spiritual feeling in my heart while everybody was singing a uh, a Christmas hymn. Um, The feeling came that the Lord wanted me to join His church, that I knew it was true, and that it was important to Him that I would be a member in His church and that surprised me because that had never occurred to me before that it would matter to the lord that i joined any church or that i cho- i just didn't think i just didn't think i mattered i didn't think that me as an individual would be important to god that he would speak to my heart And it touched me, and I I thought to myself, I don't think Kim is ready to make a commitment to join, but I'm going to go home, and I'm going to tell him that I'm going to join the first opportunity I see him. I'm going to tell him I'm going to join the church, and I'm going to do that even if he decides that he doesn't want to join.
1: So she did. She told me, and it kind of freaked me out. So I realized I had to get serious about this and figure out what was going on because I didn't want her to join some church that wasn't for real. And I didn't want to join because, I mean, um, you know, people at the church they didn't they didn't do the things that I did. There was no partying, and and I enjoyed partying, and and so um, I I had a prayer, and on my days off, I'd grab my dogs and my Book of Mormon, which I finally got one of my own, and um, and I would throw them in the backpack, and I'd go hiking down into this little canyon that I used to go to. And there was a waterfall down there that I would sit next to that I could be all by myself, and nobody was ever there. And I would sit there, and I would read the Book of Mormon and have a prayer uh, before I read uh, to know if it was true. And that is, um, it took a little bit of time, and I kept doing that, and, and then I was at home one day And it was getting close to the time that Linda had given me a time period that she said that she was going to get baptized in. And I asked her if she would wait till till after the first of the year. And if she would wait till after the first of the year, then I would join her. Well, I was at home, and it was getting to that point, and I knew that she was getting anxious. and, And I had a prayer, and I asked Heavenly Father to help me to know if the Book of Mormon was true and if he wanted me to join the church. And I got this feeling, and like Linda, there was no voice, but I got this overriding feeling, and words came to my mind, and the words were, you already know it's true. And that was the truth. And so I told Linda, and, uh, and we were baptized, uh, what, January 31st? January Jan- 30th. January 30th. So we were baptized January thirtieth, and um, and we have uh, we have grown so much. We've we've held about every between the two of us. We've held about every calling there is in award. ward, um, and we've just really we've just really enjoyed it. And we have grown so much, and we are so grateful uh, to the Lord for having so much patience with us, and for for atoning for our sins, for the, the resurrection for all that he has done and continues to do and will do in the future. We are so grateful. And our marriage has been strengthened and our children have been strengthened because of it. And all around us, so many around us that we have shared the gospel with. And we are so grateful.
2: It was the best thing that we ever did in our lives. And I'm so grateful for Bob Roberts, who we barely knew, and his wife Flo, they were in their mid-30s, and we thought they were old, and we didn't think we had anything in common with them, but they they showed us the way to the Lord. And as soon as we joined the church, they moved out of state.
1: <laughs> so that's kind of our story, um, and we're sticking to it. <laughs> and um, and we we leave this with you in the name of Jesus Christ, our beloved Savior.
0: Just, wow, what a great story. I hope you guys felt the warmth of the spirit and the power of their story. You know, one thing that I'm really learning here as I'm talking to people and really focusing on conversion and being born again via the spirit is that I'm not too sure how often it's really something that we've welcomed into our life you know maybe we have some bumps along that road and that path to finding the gospel and finding out what we don't know and it takes that process that willingness and that effort to put your whole heart into it and see whether or not this is something that could change your life for the better would bless you, your family, your spouse, your eternal family, your eternal well-being, and your desire to know what all of this experience is about. I just love Kim and Linda. Thank you so much for sharing that wonderful, wonderful conversion story with us. I was just so touched and moved uh, by the story from Kim and Linda that I wanted to go over some of the points that I thought was really powerful from their story I love how Bob withheld the book of Mormon from Linda I think that's absolutely hilarious and I think that's a wonderful wonderful tip to have he kept putting her off and putting her off and so her desire what happens when you want something but you can't get to it you want it more. And so her desire just kept building and building and building. And boy, did she treasure that book when she read it. And she had such a wonderful experience. Linda says, the Book of Mormon, I felt that it was truly from Heavenly Father and true scripture. I also love how they both speak about how they felt that the Lord knew it was important for them to find the gospel and to find his church here on earth. And that it was so important to him that he conveyed that to them spiritually, that he touched their hearts, that he touched their minds, that he touched their spirits and welcomed them in and gave them the impression how much he wanted them to come unto him to... Humbly come and find out all that is available to us here on earth through the gospel of Jesus Christ and these wonderful scriptures and all of the resources that we have. Kim also talks about how he went hiking down into this little canyon that he used to go to and there was a waterfall down there that he would sit next to and and be there all by himself, looking for a place that he would have no distractions. And he always started his scripture study with a prayer. And he would ask directly in the prayer, if the Book of Mormon was true, if the church was Christ's church, and because of his diligence, his consistency and devotion to the process and the journey He did receive those answers because God truly does answer prayers. I love how they ended their conversion story saying that they, quote, We are so grateful to the Lord for having so much patience with us that they are grateful for their marriage and their children being strengthened from their faith. Truly, when we make good decisions and take the right steps in a heavenly, Christ-like direction, those blessings trickle down, and they bless those that we love, that we care about, that we include in our lives, and those that we have a heart to share with. You know, back in 2018, I think it was October conference, the fall conference of 2018, Elder Cook gave a talk on deep and lasting conversion to Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is when he introduced the Come Follow Me program, as well as the changes that would be made in our Sabbath day church sessions. Now, at that point, I loved three-hour church. I don't mind being there early or later. I just love being at church. But I know not everybody is like me. And I get that some people think that I'm just a church nerd. And I'm okay with that because I know not everybody wants to spend their entire day at church. We all have different lifestyles, different life challenges, and things that we deal with. I have older children, And I have the luxury of being able to stay longer and do do the things that I enjoy doing, especially the socialization. With my husband, however, he was very grateful for the changes going from three hours to two hours. Three-hour church was always very difficult for him with his mental challenges. And I have heard, as I've talked to other friends and family members, how much they appreciated uh, the change from three hours to two hours. And there are many different reasons for that. And that just really taught me how much our prophet, President Nelson, does to truly be the voice of our Savior, Jesus Christ. How much he does to seek out inspiration and revelation, to be able to prepare us. And boy, did they prepare us perfectly here we are, just barely coming out of stay-at-home orders because of the pandemic, the coronavirus. And we are already ready to have this happen to us where we can't leave our house. For a full year, we have been trained on how to have a gospel-centered home that is church- supported. And what I really loved about this experience is that before everything was structured and so we had a lot to take advantage of, a lot of opportunities to participate in the gospel and to do service and to fulfill callings and to socialize and get together. Now we're actively having to choose And what I have found by having to be very proactive, uh, making the time on Sunday to have the sacrament in our home, to do some hymns, to talk about the gospel, and then to continue with the Come Follow Me program throughout the week. And sometimes we even do more because we need to be in the gospel just the way our lives are. We go through so much with mental illness in our family. We have to be all in. And so we turn to the resources that the church has quite often throughout the day. But my point is is that because we're doing this and we're actively choosing, I have been all amazed at the amount of faith that has been nurtured and has grown with me, with my husband, uh, how much we're focused mentally on the things that Christ has asked us to do. And, uh, we don't take church. We don't take the gospel. We don't take come follow me and, uh, all the wonderful resources that we have for granted so much anymore. You know, we're reading saints part two, the, the second book of the saints and, I just love hearing about the earlier saints and all that they went through, and I've learned to not only love and appreciate them, but also look to them as a, you know, examples, too, on how I should f- handle the hard that inevitably comes into my life as well. So going back to the talk by Elder Quentin L. Cook, uh, Deep and Lasting Conversion to Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ... You know, he talks about how this is going to be a blessing, the Come Follow Me program and the changes that were made, that this was going to be a greater gospel joy to the parents, the children, the youth, the singles, the elderly, even the new converts and those people, the missionaries are that they are teaching through a home-centered, church-supported, balanced effort. He goes on to say that the Come Follow Me program is designed to help members learn the gospel in the home. It says, this resource is for every individual and family in the church, and it is designed to help us better learn the gospel, whether on our own or with our family. The outlines in this new resource are organized according to a weekly schedule. You know, God says my house is a house of order, and we're seeing that. We've got everything coinciding with each quorum and group from primary to relief society to elders quorum even to sacrament everything is coordinated and reinforced and supported and it's just been a beautiful beautiful experience and then we have a lot of other resources on top of that that we can add to our come follow me experiences like podcasts there's other audios put out by the church that's just awesome and excellent um president nelson has exhorted us to prepare for the second coming of jesus christ by walking the covenant path this is quentin l cook world conditions increasingly require deepening individual conversion to and strengthening faith in heavenly father and jesus christ and his atonement the lord has prepared us line upon line for the perilous times that we now face The new home-centered and church-supported curriculum needs to influence more powerfully family religious observance and behavior and personal religious observance and behavior. We know the spiritual impact and the deep and lasting conversion that can be achieved in the home setting. Our purpose is to balance the church and the home experiences in a way that will greatly increase faith and spirituality and deepen conversion to Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ after doing come follow me now for what it's been 17 months almost 18 months that's all true and that talk was given in the fall session of general conference of 2018 and everything that he's talked about elder cook in this talk has happened to me and it's happened to my family this is why i listen to the prophet and the apostles i take what they say very seriously we all should because they truly are it's like if you can just think about the game telephone or a long line of people that are holding hands one right after another after another this is the system of communication with jesus christ at the top who is in similitude of Father in Heaven, right? And then we have the prophet, we have the apostles, and so on and so forth. It's a perfect house of order. Elder Cook goes on to say, The aim of all gospel learning and teaching is to deepen our conversion and help us become more like Jesus Christ. And this means relying on Christ to change our hearts. This is assisted by reaching beyond a classroom into an individual's heart and home, and it requires consistent daily efforts to understand and live the gospel. True conversion requires the influence of the Holy Ghost. Beautiful, exact, clear, concise. It's not confusing, and it's so true, and this is the experience that I've had. Right now, today, we know what's going on in the world. We know about the peaceful protests, which are, I support them all the way. I totally support peaceful protests. It's the other portion that I say, you know what, you've gone too far. And it can be a little scary. I know that as I talk to my friends and people in our neighborhood, in our community, they live in fear and they're scared. And you know what? Rightfully so. I get it and I understand it. But what I have to say is that with this deeper conversion that happens as you follow Jesus Christ and come unto him through his gospel, we truly can live through these times without fear, without being afraid without doubts, without concerns and worries. Have I been able to keep that up 100% of the time? No, there are lapses because I just can't do it. I don't really know who can do it 100% of the time. But the majority of the time, I feel at peace. I feel comforted. I feel that there is true direction I trust the spirit, the Holy Ghost. I trust our prophet, President Russell M. Nelson. I trust Christ. And I trust revelation. I had a discussion a couple of days ago with my older son's girlfriend who is um in her early 20s and you know I love her to death. She's just so smart and intelligent. And she is just living a life that's inundated with social media. And I get it. It's a different generation. They're used to it. But unfortunately, it's going. The news, the information, the on-the-spot you know, reports 24-7. And she gets worried. She gets scared. But she definitely gets angry. And I get it. I totally get it. So she was asking me how I felt about it, and I would try to, you know, convey how I feel about it. And it's really hard. It's hard to explain faith and really living by the Spirit to people who just aren't in the gospel and haven't had that spiritual education yet. And um, as we were texting, I finally, you know, realized this needs to be a, a phone conversation. So I called her and I just told her, I said, look, I don't know how to explain this to you. I'm not on one side or another side. I'm on the side of God. And I listen to Him. And I have many different resources that tell me what God wants me to know. And I know that every time I open the scriptures, that invites inspiration and revelation into my life. And as I have prayed about what's going on, especially as we're hearing that some very uh extreme groups are looking to target our city this weekend. Uh, I know that I need to be aware of what's going on, but I don't need to be in it 24-7. I need to continue to live my life and do as the spirit guides. And that's all that matters to me. So yes, I hear and I see all of these things that are going on, both good and bad. And I just choose to focus on the good. I'm aware of the bad. And I try to make sure that we're prepared in case anything happens. And that's all I can say. I hope that it penetrated her mind and heart and that at least helped her in some way or fashion. Um, You know, I am, I try so hard to be very faithful, especially for my children and the women that they bring into their lives, that, that faith will trickle down and bless their lives in some way or form. And that's all I have to offer. And honestly, to me, compared to the world, it is everything. And I mean everything. I love how Elder Cook ended this talk about deep and lasting conversion. He says, the most important goal and ultimate blessing of deep and lasting conversion is worthily receiving the covenants and ordinances of the covenant pathway. We trust you to counsel together and to seek revelation for implementing these adjustments while not looking beyond the mark or trying to regiment individuals or families. Additional information will be shared in upcoming communications, including a First Presidency letter and enclosure. This further teaches me that I can continue to rely on our apostles and prophets, that I can look to them for all knowledge that I need that's coming from Heavenly Father and anything that I feel that I need to know more in respect to my personal situation, that the heavens are truly open and I can hear Him. And I just need to do the process to hear Him. And we all know what that process is always going to be a willing heart, teachable humility, studying the scriptures, keeping the Sabbath day, fulfilling your callings, having family home evening, it always comes down to the basics, temple attendance. And if you're anything like me, at some point in your life, you weren't able to do all of those things. And believe you me, Even now, I can't do all of those things. And it's okay. Just set it as a goal. Because remember that this life is a life of learning and progression. You were not sent here to know everything from the get-go. Learning and progression. Let's take it slowly. As always, you guys, stay safe, stay healthy, stay faithful and be kind for everyone you meet is truly fighting a hard battle. We love you. Please take care of yourselves. And thanks once again for joining us and for always reaching out to us in great love and unity. God bless.